Merry Christmas. It really is the most wonderful time of the year, isn't it? And it's not because of reindeer that dance or because of snowmen that sing. Christmas definitely isn't wonderful because of figgy pudding or moments spent under the mistletoe. Christmas is wonderful because we have been given the greatest gift of all time, a baby born in a manger. You know, when the angels made their pronouncement that night over Bethlehem so long ago, this is what they said. It's found in Luke chapter 2, verse 10. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This is Carol McLeod, your host, and I hope you'll join me every weekday from now until Christmas as we celebrate this season in a joyful, holy, and meaningful way. And may I just say it one more time, Merry Christmas. About that time, Caesar Augustus ordered a census to be taken throughout the empire. This was the first census when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Everyone had to travel to his own ancestral hometown to be accounted for. So Joseph went from the Galilean town of Nazareth up to Bethlehem in Judah, David's town for the census. As a descendant of David, he had to go there. He went with Mary, his fiancée, who was pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. There were shepherders camping in the neighborhood. They had sent night watches over their sheep. Suddenly, God's angel stood among them, and God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified. But the angel said, Don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A Savior has just been born in David's town, a Savior who is Messiah and Master. This is what you're to look for, a baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. At once, the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly heights, peace to all men and women on earth who please him. As the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the shepherders talked it over. Let's go over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left running and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Seeing was believing. They told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child. All who heard the shepherders were impressed. Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear, deep within herself. The shepherders returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen. It turned out exactly the way they'd been told. When the eighth day arrived, the day of circumcision, the child was named Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived. 
than when the days stipulated by Moses for purification were complete. They took him up to Jerusalem to offer him to God as commanded in God's law. Every male who opens the womb shall be a holy offering to God and also to sacrifice the pair of doves or two young pigeons prescribed in God's law. In Jerusalem at that time, there was a man, Simeon by name, a good man, a man who lived in the prayerful expectancy of help for Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. The Holy Spirit had shown him that he would see the Messiah of God before he died. Led by the Spirit, he entered the temple. As the parents of the child Jesus brought him in to carry out the rituals of the law, Simeon took him into his arms and blessed God. God, you can now release your servant. Release me in peace as you promised. With my own eyes, I've seen your salvation. It's now out in the open for everyone to see, a God revealing light to the non-Jewish nations and of glory for your people, Israel. Jesus' father and mother were speechless with surprise at these words. Simeon went out to bless them and said to Mary, his mother, this child marks both the failure and the recovery of many in Israel, a figure misunderstood and contradicted. The pain of a sword thrust through you, but the rejection will force honesty as God reveals who they really are. Anna the prophetess was also there, a daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher. She was by now a very old woman. She had been married seven years and a widow for 84. She never left the temple area, worshiping night and day with her fastings and prayers. At the very time Simeon was praying, she showed up, broke into an anthem of praise to God, and talked about the child to all who were waiting expectantly for the freeing of Jerusalem. And when they finished everything required by God in the law, they returned to Galilee and to their own town, Nazareth. There the child grew in body and wise in spirit, and the grace of God was on him. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem village, Judah territory, this was during Herod's kingship, a band of scholars arrived in Jerusalem from the east. They asked around, where can we find and pay homage to the newborn king of the Jews? We observed a star in the eastern sky that signaled his birth. We're on pilgrimage to worship him. When the word of their inquiry got to Herod, he was terrified. And not Herod alone, but most of Jerusalem was as well. Herod lost no time. He gathered all the high priests and religious scholars in the city together and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? They told him, Bethlehem, Judah territory. The prophet Micah wrote it plainly. It's you, Bethlehem, in Judah's land, no longer bringing up the rear. From you will come the leader who will shepherd rule my people, my Israel. Herod then arranged a secret meeting with the scholars from the east. Pretending to be as devout as they were, he got them to tell him exactly when the birth announcement star appeared. 
Then he told them the prophecy about Bethlehem and said, Go find this child. Leave no stone unturned. As soon as you find him, send word, and I'll join you at once in your worship. Instructed by the king, they set off. Then the star appeared again, the same star they had seen in the eastern skies. It led them on until it hovered over the place of the child. They could hardly contain themselves. They were in the right place. They had arrived at just the right time. They entered the house and saw the child in the arms of Mary, his mother, overcome. They kneeled and worshipped him. Then they opened their luggage and presented gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I don't know what's going on in your life this Christmas season, but I can tell you this. The words of John 3.16 are true. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's true. God, the Father in heaven, loved you so much. He loves you so very much that he sent his only son as a baby boy in a manger. Why did God send the son? Because there was a gap between heaven's grandeur and your life. Sin stood in the way. And so God the Father sent his divine son who became one with humanity and then died on a rugged cross so that you and I could live forever. A greater story has never been told. A truer story has never been uttered. My prayer for you this Christmas is that you will know the joy of this season, that Christmas will no longer be trappings. Christmas will no longer be merely presents of gold and silver and trees decorated, but that Christmas, the true meaning of Christmas, will nestle its way into your human heart and that you will understand the baby in the manger has been born in you. Merry Christmas, my friend. May the joy of this season change your life, not only today, but in all days of every year. Let there be joy. I hope that today's program reminded you what the heart of Christmas is truly all about. I love spending this time with you. And from my heart to yours, Merry Christmas.